0: y'all i was in shark tank well kinda what really happened was damon john invited me to be on one of his power talks which he hosts on instagram live damon is one of the sharks on the shark tank and i talked to him so i just feel like i was kind of sort of three people removed by my second cousin on shark tank kind of sort of not really Damon chats about the reality of business, embracing your inner power, and given the fight of inequality, how people can use their platforms for good and how they can make their voices heard. Being invited to join Damon was truly an honor, one that I can't even really convey my utmost gratitude for. So, in this conversation, you will hear my top tips for building an online presence the difference between diversity and disparity, and the biggest mistake people make on social media, and we also chat about a lot of other things. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. So here it is, my Power Talk with Damon John.
1: All right, so today is my uh, uh, Power Talk, and I have Jasmine Starr here and Kayoung Karen uh, on and I'm, I'm in, I know I'm messing up the last name, right? But I'll get to that one, all right? So I just want to uh, you know introduce Jasmine Star to you really quick. And I'm not going to bring her on until I actually do the intro because I hate when I'm sitting there and somebody's saying my intro and it just feels awkward, right? But let me just read a couple of points to you and how and we're going to learn from her collectively, myself as well. First time talking to both of these people, but I wanted to uh, reach out to people that I found that were inspiring myself, my staff and the world uh, that I didn't know and uh, get different angles on things. So Jasmine was set to attend the UCLA's law school when she walked away to sit by her mother's side as her mother battled with brain cancer. After her mother beat cancer and uh, walked Jasmine down the aisle, Jasmine was struggling to follow her mother's instructions to pursue what she loved to do. Uh, she received a camera from uh, for Christmas from her husband and decided to pursue photography, building a brand and marketing her services along the way. Check this out. She was voted as a top 10 wedding photographer in the world four years later and had her work published in several magazines. Uh, became a speaker and a business strategist to create entrepreneurs, uh, uh, to create entrepreneurs as a way to, entrepreneurship as a way to expand her brand um, and entre- with entrepreneurs and help business owners uh, build the foundation that they need to succeed in their dream careers. Now think about that, you just pick up a camera and you become one of the world's top put- wedding photographers in four years. Imagine what you could do right now while you're home, right? Uh, she has a podcast called The Jasmine Star Show. I'm not even gonna read that fast. She has a podcast called The Jasmine Star Show. Make sure you write that down. Which explains how to actually turn your passion into a business and provides actionable tips and has multiple programs for current and aspiring entrepreneurs like Social Curator, a monthly subscription that uh, provides photos, captions, templates, and action plans, and a path to profitability. It's really a business bootcamp. All right, adopted a baby named Luna in February with her husband, JD. All right, so there you go. Now you know who I'm bringing on and a lot of people are going to be able to learn from her for various different ways. And before, I I just gotta think about this right now. She does a podcast, which you can actually learn to structure your businesses. She is a photographer, world-renowned photographer. Did that within four years of picking up a camera. Um, and she loves to teach people. So we're going to learn from her right now. Uh, let me bring her on. Let me let me find her.
0: We are here. We're here and we're ready to go. Thank you for this. I appreciate
1: you. No, no problem. I appreciate you. Great meeting you. Um, you know, I already gave people kind of your bio and talked about you. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to jump right into it because I know everybody's busy right now. And they, they take this little bit of time to sh- spend with me. So. You know, um, talk to me a little bit about how do you pick up a camera and become one of the world's top wedding photographers in uh, four years? How do you do that?
0: The same way that you sell t-shirts out of the back of your car. A little hustle, a little grit, serving people well and making sure that you're listening to what your customers and consumers want and serving them well.
1: But you know, it took me, you know, I started in 89 and it probably took me about, uh, I don't know. I don't know, probably about nine years till I was ever recognized. Um, and I'm not saying that when you were recognized at that point that that was what you deemed success, whether monetarily or career-wise. Maybe you just really had one of those fascinating times that you shot a couple of things and you just had the eye. And then they said, OK, this is the person. But did you consider yourself successful at that point? Because that was a blink of an eye in comparison to you know, uh, you know, people's careers.
0: You know, Damon, I've always been a big fan of having people define what success looks like for them. Because On the outside, like money and cars and jets and zip codes that could all look like a success. But if in the process of getting the money, the cars and the zip code, you lose the things that mean the most to you. And what meant the most to me as a daughter of an immigrant was taking care of my family, making sure that I was still giving back to the community and showing up for the people who helped me get there. If in the process, me getting awards took me away from that, I wasn't a success. I was just rich and I don't want to be rich. I want legacy. So at that point in my career, it was like, it felt good that other people saw what I was doing, but I didn't feel any more or less successful. And so I think that right now, wherever people are, COVID, not COVID, civil unrest, no civil unrest, having an education, having money or not, how do you define your success so that whatever else people are saying, negative or positive, it doesn't dissuade you from the thing that you've been called to do.
1: So if you were to, at that point in your life, when you were deemed a success, if you would have had to write your obituary, would you have been happy writing your obituary? Yes. Because- So then you were
0: a Absolutely, absolutely. But so many of us have the capabilities of our obituary could be written by us and it's determined by the actions we take, not just for ourselves, but for others. And at that point in my career, and I can still say the same today, is I gave more than I took. And I think that's the legacy I want going before me as a human, but also as a
1: businesswoman. A lot of people right now, and I love to hear the fact that, you know, how you're so much into giving. um, A lot of people right now are trying to find different ways to communicate and define themselves because right now they're at home or they have been at home and they're finding that, you know, your online presence is very, very important. So definitely photography but but your existence online is important because people could take advantage of something right now. The fact that if they're trying to go out and raise capital or get jobs or something like that, you don't have to fly all around the world. You can catch everybody on Zoom now when before it would take you forever to, to, to get a hold of people. What is, how, how do people, uh, you know, what are the keys you think it is to building an online presence that works in your best interest?
0: I think regardless of where we are in human history, there's never been a better time to build a business. We have never had accessibility. Do you know that five years ago, Damon, 10 years ago, you and I could never have this conversation. But the fact that I could slide into your DMs and ask a question, the fact that we can create a podcast, the fact that we can create content, there's never been a better time. So how then do you create a personal brand? How do you stick out in a sea of entrepreneurs, photographers, graphic designers, or dog walkers? What you do is you create helpful content, not for a million people for one person is that when you put yourself in the shoes of your dream customer and you think, what is he struggling with? What does she want? What problems can I solve? What can I give them that they didn't know they wanted? Lo and behold, that one person turns into two and the two turns into 20 and the 20 turns into 20,000. There's no magic code there's no red pill it's doing the work and serving people before they even know they needed the thing you were selling
1: i don't think i've ever i've heard that in various ways but never hit home just like that you know because people are so busy people are so busy trying to um serve everybody and they go well if i only go to this this person then i'm excluding other people um but you're not saying you're excluding other people you're saying this is who you resonate with. This is who you feel that you can really help. And in doing that, you'll find there's way more people. Because I keep saying we have more in common than we have, uh, you know, uh, apart. Um, so, yeah, I, I like that. I like that. So do you look at that person as you saying, I wish somebody would have helped me. This is me and this is what I love. Do you look at that person as somebody who is a customer that you can serve that you didn't understand their needs necessarily. And once you opened up and understood their needs, you said, wait a minute, this is, this is the most valuable thing I can give that person.
0: You know, if it's not a right or wrong, some entrepreneurs are serving a version or an iteration of themselves. And some entrepreneurs are serving an entirely different demographic. I know the person I'm serving, she and I wouldn't be friends. We would be friendly. And I, am, I know her so well that even though she's white and she lives in Manhattan Beach and she drives a Range Rover and she has two sons, three and five years old, and her husband is a lawyer, her daddy is a goat farmer in Ojai, California. And that's where she learned the craft of making her own artists and goods so that she could sell them in farmer's markets in Southern California until the day that she gets contacted by an anthropology buyer. And this person says, you know what? I think that your stuff belongs in our stores. And it's then at that point in time that she realizes I don't have a hobby anymore. I have a business. Now I need the tools and resources. And that is how our paths intersect. I now know that I have black, white, purple, Asian, Haitian, Croatian followers and members of what it is that I do, but I create content for that person. Cause if it resonates with her and I serve her well, and I help her out of her struggle, it's going to resonate with other people. I think of one and serve many.
1: That's very powerful stuff. I like that. We wouldn't necessarily be friends, but we're definitely going to be friendly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Honest, I like that. To
0: be honest, even like I'm a girl from the hood. I'm a daughter of an immigrant. I don't have very much in common with the people I serve. That's just facts. For so long I wanted to transcend the socioeconomic barriers and I didn't know what it was like on the other side of the white picket fence. I didn't know what it was like in the country clubs. I didn't know what it was like in the warehouse or the White House. And then the 21st century handed me the internet on a golden platter. So now when you make references to Maserati and Christian Louboutin, and you're out there with your Louis Vuitton, and I didn't know what any of those stuff meant, I Google it. I find out, what are you shopping? What do you do? What do you need? I'm going to position my business to serve you well. So I, even though I at a long time, was never in the luxury market, I could serve the luxury market. There then became a big shift in my business and who I serve.
1: So as businesses right now are dealing with a, a crazy climate, how do they improve their public communication? Uh, you know, to answer exactly what you're saying, they may say, because i've gotten so I, I must have had over 50 ceos and or people of that level call me and say i i just didn't know and i thought i was doing what i could and we gave in this area and we did this and this and that mm-hmm. uh, but i gotta improve the communication and but i don't want to be fake mm-hmm. I, I you know what i mean i want to serve more because this is ridiculous and if i serve more I'll, I'll, I'll help create change. But how do people do what you're saying now, uh, the businesses? You may not. I mean, listen, if we all had this thing all figured out, we wouldn't all be here, right? Uh, how, do, how do you how do you think uh, they can improve their public communication? People, whether it's small businesses or big businesses, what are, what are some tips if they're not already doing so?
0: So first and foremost, I will say that I am first a student. I do not have the answers, nor do I pretend that I have the next clear path. What I, have can say, what I can say is that I have listened so intently and in the past week and in the past month, the thing that I have discovered is that even though I love diversity, I love diversity with my members, I love diversity on my team, I love diversity in my friends, by me celebrating diversity, I'm happy with that. But what I wasn't doing was acknowledging the disparity There's a difference between diversity and disparity. And if I don't have the chutzpah, if I don't have the ability to come out and say, I know it is harder for some people to build business, for some people to get a loan, for some people to rent a space on Main Street USA. If I don't acknowledge that, then anything I say after that is going to be null and void. How do you start having conversations? You first admit that you don't know what you don't know. And then you make yeah. yourself open and say, whatever you want to tell me, I'm going to be a humble student. I want to hear from you. And then what I want to do is I want to hold up a mirror and say, this business is for everybody's color and I want to serve you well. But if you don't see seen in my business, how can I see you in a different way? First ask, then respond because it's going to look different for every business.
1: And it, you know, almost kind of like you said, listen, I, you know, they, they handed you the internet on a golden platter. And prior to that, you didn't know what a Maserati or various other things are. So you look them up just like we all look up everything uh you know do do business owners i mean people in general who really care listen if you happen to be a racist you happen to be a racist you couldn't care less that, that's up to you and i don't think it's right but it is what it is but the people wanting to make change right now who don't want to just you know gloss over it do they look it up look at why because a lot of times i think you know uh people have this assumption the way that other people act and do things like that um and i had in my company i had the conversation and i and i suggest all ceos do this because i've been i've been doing this with a lot of ceos and their companies first of all go into into your company and say let's put it on the table let's ask all the the uncomfortable questions and sometimes the uncomfortable questions are people who are not of one color saying well we always thought that you guys like to have baggy pants and rap and that crazy and we just thought that's you and you know they may have another person of color right next to him who's a very close friend and when they see other people on tv getting arrested and everybody else they go oh but that's those people you're really cool not realizing their closest friend right here has when they're at work they don't know their 16 year old son is coming home you know uh when they're in the streets because they're just kids doing what they normally do and that they're both one and the same. You, you're, you're, you're trying to separate people when you don't realize that there's people there's people having stereotypes when, mm-hmm. no, holy crap, the person sitting right next to me that I love to death that is one of the smartest people that I've ever met, I'm thinking that all the other people that get arrested and this and that are just ignorant. Well, no, it's not. It was just a kid driving in a car. Her good son was driving in a car. You know, like, how, there's a lot of problems and questions that people don't have. And how do you... Look that up, you know, or or not? How do you? How, uh, what's the first step for people to look that up and say, before I engage in these conversations, let me look up and find out that a young African American male with uh, with six hundred dollars worth of marijuana could potentially go to jail for ten years, when somebody who's not necessarily that color may get a slap on the wrist. Uh, there's more drugs being sold and pushed in these better colleges, but the cops don't go to those better colleges and lock people up. But yet they go to these other schools here and lock people up for a little bag of this, a little bag of that. Uh, you know, so 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 when do people start to educate themselves on those things to then be able to have these conversations?
0: I feel like there are big steps and there are micro steps. A big step that you could take right now: go to Amazon. The book is called White Fragility. All it does is teach people who are not black how to talk about racism without it making a thing. How then can I approach? Secondly, if you have five minutes, you can go to any social platform, any single one. And if you were to write, I'm looking for great resources or support on how I can learn more about how to navigate race in America. You will get more than an abundance. Thirdly, it's to acknowledge that these conversations should never be segmented in time. Right now, we're highlighting it. It's on the forefront of our minds. Two months from now, I want us to be talking about it the same way. At lunch last week with my nephew, who's Black, we had to teach him, painstakingly, what it meant for him to raise his hand. He's 12 years old. And we had to walk him through, baby, what do you say? If you're pulled over riding your bike, what do you say? And we had to say it again and again and again because he's not looked at the same way as his cousin who's Brown. I don't want to have that conversation with him, but we will continue to have that conversation and until they let my nephew and your daughter and my daughter can all get home with equal proportions and equal safety. I'm going to use my mouth until somebody says I have to stop. And when they tell me to stop, I'm still going to raise my voice until we get the equality that every American and business owner deserves.
1: Yeah, and I and I you know what and, and I w I wanna give people and I wanna be very honest about stuff like think about it like this. The women's movement started and the women's lives started in nineteen sixties, right? It took us to wait all the way, all the way till a Harvey Weinstein sixty years later, to finally get women to have their day in court and legislation be changed and this be at the forefront. Now, everybody in their life everybody here and everybody in the world has a woman in their life because they probably wouldn't be on this planet if there wasn't a woman in their life who gave birth to her but birth to them but they most likely have a wife or daughter, so, you know whatever the case is and so nobody can say well, i don't have a woman in my life and think about how long it took for us and it's not done but how long it took for us to finally get to the point where you know women can actually maybe have their dead or people are are up to speed and say this is a problem now not everybody has a person of color in their life, right? Mm-hmm. Not every person is, can relate to that. And I, I, I do, you know, and uh, there's a bigger challenge there. So I, that's why I'm saying that people need to have, uh, you know, more of a step up in that. So, so I, I think I, I love touching on the point. What's the name of the book? White
0: white, white Fragility.
1: White Fragility? Mm-hmm. Fragility. Fragile. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I want another, I got another question for you. Biggest mistake <laughs> with online strategies.
0: Oh, people use their accounts to talk about them and their business instead of using their accounts to ask how their business can serve others. If if you're wondering, why am I not getting engagement? Damon has all these people commenting and leaving comments. How is he getting that? What is he doing? Well, Damon has found a way to create content that serves his audience really well. If all you're using is your Instagram account is to say, buy my thing, buy my thing, my thing is on sale, my thing comes in green, everybody's going to tune you out because you're like QVC on Instagram. What you have to do is create conversations so you can talk about your business without having to sell your business. And when you talk about your business and you serve people, guess what? The sales then come to you.
1: So are you saying that I can't, you know, that social media is just another form of communication and that if I kept going to work with you or going to dinner with you and kept talking about myself the whole time, are you telling me that you would tune me out and maybe go to dinner or talk to somebody else who may say, how are you doing today? How can I help you? You know what, you look beautiful. You know what, why don't we go do this because I think you're great. Is that what you're trying to tell everybody? Because a lot of people overthink this shit.
0: No, it is 100%. If you're not treating social media as something social, if you're looking at social media for sales, I'm going to encourage you to think of social media for branding brand. Your brand is what people say about you. When you walk out of the room, that's what Instagram should be doing. It should be creating relationships so much so that I find it irresistible to bring out my credit card and give it to you. Cause I'm like, I like you, I believe you are the person to get me to where I want to go or give me the results that I'm going to be investing with you. If I don't show you who I am, I don't deserve your credit card. And the reason why people don't have sales right now is because they're more concerned to talk about themselves instead talking about what they should be doing for their customers all
1: right i love that point all right i got i got one last point because you uh uh you know are are so skilled with photography and images and we are in of course uh, a world of images what are some tips because i've i've heard that listen you know don't do overproduced stuff because then people think it's like you know you put too much work into it then i hear uh well that looks crappy your photography on it or like so so I, again it gotta be to your brand I'm sure but give us some simple tips that my uh you know our family right now watching can 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 uh you know use themselves.
0: Well Damon you hit it right it's every business is gonna run its own gamut however quickest. Photo tips that you can change your photos exactly right after this live. Number one, use natural light. Make sure that when you take a selfie or when you take a photo, you're facing a door or a window. That light is going to be the most complimentary. Secondly, it's called the rule of thirds. Make sure when you take a photo, avoid things being right in the center. Have it up top or have it down below because visually it makes it interesting to the eye. And lastly, don't be afraid to crop cropping a photo is like you taking just one second to make the photo a little, tiny bit smaller to make it more visually appealing so light rule of thirds and give it a good crop
1: all right so light so i i went to film school for a little while just so i could direct videos and I, at my best i'm a level f maybe G <laughs> uh, guy but i remembered i remembered you know our uh, director But I remember them teaching you have your key light, your filter, and there's always motivation for the light because you have to think, why is the light coming? What is the motivation for this light? And so you're saying if you're doing something, natural light is great. But what if you want to have the motivation of light be moody and you want to just have on your face? Is that is that good as well? I mean, do you think is motivation for light?
0: A hundred percent. And here's the thing, Damon, it doesn't matter what you say, and it doesn't matter what I say. If you're creating a product where your customer appreciates moody and evocative lighting, you do you. If it gets just one like, but that one like results in a customer, clap yourself up, boom, you did it. You converted to a sale. What is the point of having the most beautiful photography if you're not actually moving the needle in your business? What you need to do is serve will buy from you, and do it extraordinarily well.
1: All right, the thirds. I didn't know that. so so you're saying that in this square right here we're at, it should be here or here.
0: Yes. So right now as you're like watching this? Yeah, you're yes, yes, Damon, you're in the upper third. Exactly that. Right but now who yes. wants
1: to look at this?
0: Well maybe not that close. Maybe not that maybe not that close. Your eyes cute, but maybe not that close. So listen, Damon, you're outside. I think your baby girl's swimming.
1: Hey, keep that baby, keep that no, baby quiet.
0: No, you keep her yelling. You keep her yelling. She's watching her daddy do what he does. You can then yell, baby. Your daddy's living his best life. Baby on a swim. So then later, okay, later, after you get off life, go see baby girl in the pool. When she's floating in the pool, what I want you to do is hold your camera above her. And I want you to put baby girl in the upper third or in the lower third. And then you're gonna take a second picture and you're gonna put her in the middle. Then I want Damon to look at picture number one and picture number two. I'm going to tell you, Damon, my photo is going to be better than baby girl in the center. That's called the rule of thirds. You're welcome.
1: All right, I like that. Listen, I think we've learned a lot. That I, I've, I've certainly learned a lot. I got a couple <laughs> of books to go to. Thank you. Uh, I got to Google a couple of things on um, uh, Amazon. I got to uh, tell the baby, be quiet next time I'm recording. I got to go <laughs> to the, the third. I want to make sure that, because um, I, I want to blast it out instead of you blasting out. So the Jasmine Star Show uh, is your podcast, yes. right? And yes. you got a monthly subscription that provides photos uh, and caption templates. Yeah. We
0: teach All people right. how to talk on social.
1: Okay. And action plans uh, and, and a path to profitability uh, and uh, is a business boot camp you have, right?
0: Yes. Yes, so we do.
1: All right. And uh, really, so really, I really do appreciate this time. I mean, you know, Maury told me that you were a firecracker and I'm really excited right now. You got me amped. Good. So uh, I appreciate you spending time with me and my thank family.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you. Stay healthy. I appreciate it. Have
1: a good one. All right. You too. Bye. Bye.
0: Friend, conversations like this are so important right now. Having open, honest dialogue is the only way we will ever move past fear and uncertainty. So... My brilliant friend. I hope this encourages you to have those conversations and make the decision to lean into discomfort so you can grow personally and professionally. If you loved this conversation between me and Damon John, would you please screenshot this episode and throw it up on your Instagram story and show us a little love? You can tag me at Jasmine Starr and Damon at the shark Damon, because I know we'd love to connect with you. I hope to see you on another Instagram live soon and on a future podcast. Bye, friend.